Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody, welcome to the Francast, the show where we talk about everybody's favorite show from the 90s, The Nanny, and whatever else Fran Drescher is doing, because it's so much fun. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and uh, and Larry's here. Hello. And Colleen is here. Hi, everybody. How are you both doing? Doing all right. Pretty doing good. all right. <laughs> Not bad. Hanging yeah. in there. We haven't had an episode of Frankcast since our episode on Janice from Friends, and we had grand plans. But when <laughs> when you're covering 125 Christmas movies, things just fall to the wayside. So sorry about that, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we, we did the best we could, but we're back. Yay! <laughs> All right. Did you have a pretty good holiday season, Colleen? Yes, it was relatively quiet but it was nice enjoyed myself yeah we didn't get a fran christmas movie which hopefully we will again in the future but it was a pretty good season would you agree mm-hmm. oh yeah i mm-hmm. i feel like hallmark put all their eggs in the christmas basket and so far <laughs> the new year movies have been kind of eh. so yeah so far. especially the the new year's movie yeah. was <laughs> Oh, yeah. It, it was... It, I'm not sure anything is going to be worse, in my opinion. It was maybe all-time all time bad. Like It, it was, was one of the worst I've ever seen. It was terrible. <laughs> Count yourself oh, lucky, Larry. Yes. Oh, my. That was, was very bad. bad. It was just really... It was, it was, like, really a struggle to get through. Yeah, it really now, was. Did everyone on the podcast feel as harshly, Rachel, or yes. just you? Oh, okay. No, yeah, everybody. I don't know anybody that's sticking up for like, this one. This yeah. one was terrible. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't even like remotely New Year's or wintery at all. It looked like it had been, it looked like a summer movie, the whole thing, which in the world of, you don't understand this, Larry, but in the world of, of these movies, that's like a big deal. Like if if they if they have seasonal fraud, we don't like it. <laughs> if you bill something as a fall movie, I want to see leaves and trees and cider. I don't want to be seeing summer stuff. And yeah, and and Hallmark lately has been playing fast and loose with our seasons. And when, yeah, it's not good. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, overall, Christmas, the Christmas season, obviously there's going to be the highs and lows, was a pretty strong output from Hallmark and Netflix. I would say theirs were very good. There was even, Larry, there was even a um, uh, fantasy film uh, oh. on, um, yeah, called a, a Boy Named Christmas. Um, that was all about the like origins of Santa Claus with, and it had like an incredible cast with Maggie Smith and, and um, in, in it and I don't know, a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, so that, that, uh, was pretty good. And, um, they had a, a, a pretty good season. I would say Netflix, they only had one real stinker was that California movie, California oh, Christmas movie. See that one. That was that was also a seasonal fraud. Ooh. Well, <laughs> California, you know. Yeah, they barely had any Christmas at all. But it was it was it was uh it was very bad. But anyway, uh it was uh, a fun season to cover. And I just feel like I'm just now kind of getting recovered. It's been <laughs> ready to go to Sundance. <laughs> Yes, just in time to be drained again. That's right. Uh, But anyway, uh, we thought it would be fun. We were actually planning on covering Hotel Transylvania movies in October, but then it got moved and put on Amazon. uh, And uh, so then we ended up talking about Janice from Friends, which was a fun one. Uh, and we had Jess on as a guest and, uh, but now we're in January and we're talking about Hotel Transylvania. Uh, cause this is, um, you know, a major series that Fran has been in every single one of them. So pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, how many times did this movie get delayed at this point? Oh my gosh. I lost track. <laughs> I just remember as soon as it went to Amazon, it was supposed to release, like they set a release date. And then just never updated. So everybody was like left in the lurch. Everyone was like, uh, isn't it supposed to come out like this week? And Amazon was just like chilling there. Like they didn't update that it wasn't coming out. Everybody was just like, what's going on? I thought this movie was supposed to be releasing like now. Um, and then it was just like, oh, January of next year. Yeah, they even, I think, put out a trailer where it was like in big bold like we're in theaters you know kind of a thing and then just a couple of weeks later i was like nope (laughs) yeah a couple it was just i don't know it was really strange um (laughs) but it is finally here on amazon prime so i guess we should talk about our experience with the series uh so there's this is the fourth one and uh the uh, they are, have all, except for this one, have all been directed by Gendy Tartakovsky, who is in animation circles, a kind of a legend. <laughs> he is a, a really great animator. And <clears throat> I think it's kind of a shame in a way that like this will be his most known legacy when... <laughs> Uh, he's just done so many really creative things like Primal and Samurai Jack. And and he even had two seasons of uh, Clone Wars that were actually really good that weren't part of the main series. Um, I don't know. He, he's a really great animator, but I'm not, these movies are fine. But I don't know. It's just kind of a shame that 
this will be more his legacy than all the really more artistic, ambitious stuff that he's done. <laughs> uh, I don't know. what What's your experience with these movies, uh, uh, Larry? Yeah, I actually, uh, for the most part, I've enjoyed the Hotel Transylvania films. They're not, you know, they're not Pixar. They're not like these layered, deep yeah. thought films. But they do have a cute message of acceptance uh, that runs through the theme of the series, which I think goes well with the subject of our characters. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think they're easily, at least the first three, uh, this one is not included there because he's no longer here, but they are easily the best comedies that Adam Sandler has put out in well over a decade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think they're just kind of like fun little animated films they're they're never like my favorite or near the top of my animated film list of the year but they're also never anywhere near the bottom so it's like just kind of a a fun middle ground yeah animation series for me i agree with you on that do you have a favorite of the four um i actually i uh, either uh, because i i really did like all of the first three for different reasons. Because uh-huh. um, I actually thought three was really fun too. Yeah. Um, maybe still the first one. Yeah. The second one, I was really enjoying it until I felt like it kind of wimped out at the end. And the ending uh, where, you know, making... Uh, there, there, there's all this stuff about acceptance and acceptance yeah. and acceptance of the, of the, of the baby. And then they they don't make him different in the end. They make him like everybody else, which was kind of disappointing. Uh, so it's like, oh, you didn't finish your story. Yeah. But, but I, I, the third one is my favorite just because I love the animation in it. I think it is so sparkly and fun. And I just thought it had the most overall laughs compared to the others yeah but yeah i agree they're all perfectly serviceable animated films yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but colleen what about you had you seen any of them before have you seen any of them before seeing this fourth one nope i had it but i thought no i know and yeah um but now that you're telling me the third one is seems to be your first and third ones seem to be your favorite i mean i was interested enough with what i saw that mm-hmm. i would go back maybe yeah. and watch the other ones because i yeah. well that's a pretty big compliment then yeah that, enough. You know, i mean i you... thought it was i, was, I yeah. was interested it was it was engaging enough for me but i not a person that's any, by any means an animation person or an expert i mm-hmm. thought i could tell the difference between this and a pixar for sure i mean yeah and i always good. wish that they would use Fran more in these mm-hmm. but she did have some pretty funny little spots in this one in particular in this fourth one because we have the characters turning into uh humans uh, including Frankenstein and she's Frankenstein's wife and I, was gonna say, I feel like she I don't know it felt like she had more moments in this one <laughs> yeah I agree yeah which was funny because I was like oh perfect <laughs> we're talking about it <laughs> uh but she doesn't get switched over and so her like disgust <laughs> 
Frankenstein was pretty funny. Yeah. I enjoyed it. This one replaced two of the, the Adam Sandler crew. So Sandler was replaced. Mm-hmm. He typically plays Dracula. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin James was also not in this. Film. I read that because I didn't know I was expecting Adam Sandler. And then I read more about because I had already know I did a little bit of I just looked it up. So I knew. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's not in here. But i don't know what i was missing or not you know so to me it doesn't matter personally right now yeah i personally think though they should have listed that that brian holes should have been listed as the number one in the cast sheet in the credits because he is the number he's he is the lead, the lead. like <laughs> andy sandwich shouldn't be the listed as the lead it's not about who's most famous. It's the right. <laughs> yeah. characters. Well, I know a lot of animation fans are excited, though. This is like the reverse of what we usually get. Yeah. We have a, a celebrity voice actor being replaced by an actual like voice actor. So yeah. typically it's the other way around where they're, you know, snubbing it's true. voice actors for celebrities. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun to get an actual yeah. voice actor in, in there this time. Yeah. That's true. Like with Ninjago, they replaced Mm -hmm. all of the voice, all the voice talent with celebrities, you know, things like that. That's how it usually goes uh, when, when a movie is made and here, and he did a flawless job. Oh, it's good. It sounded exactly like Adam Sandler. (laughs) See, that's that's a compliment to him. He did a, he did a really good job. I agree. Like it must be a weird thing to be Adam Sandler and to like hear that. <laughs> like that would be weird. <laughs> like I would be weirded out if there was somebody else with a podcast and they sounded exactly like me. That would be yeah. weird. Well, especially because it's like one thing to do like a quick in you know impersonation, but yeah, yeah. to just embody it the whole film <laughs> perfectly. Yeah, the the Kevin James replacement, Brad Ab- Abrell, not as good. Yeah, no. it didn't sound anything like him, really. It was really just a a, a new voice. Yeah, <laughs> on that front, but yeah. no, and I, you know, which is whatever compared to Dracula, you have to, you can't just come in with like somebody who sounds completely different. I mean, that would be crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so. I guess we should just say overall what it, it or do we feel kind of the same way about this one as the other ones? It's just serviceable or uh, what was your uh, Larry, what was your overall thoughts about hotel Transylvania transformania? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was serviceable. It's, it is slower on my ranking and my is, is down there maybe is one of the, my lesser favorites uh, partially just cause I didn't quite, I don't know, laugh as much, like the hijinks and stuff didn't. Uh, maybe it is coming off of the third one. Because mm-hmm. I also thought the animation felt like a step down. Um, and I think that partially is because I just think the third one was probably the best animated of the three so far. Um, but because obviously this is not like a streaming budget or anything. It was a meant for theatrical release film. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the rendering and like even the walking was a little bit weird, but I don't know. 
it would yeah. some of those and some of the character designs just looked a little bit more strange to me. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just been a minute since I had watched the the other series. <laughs> um yeah, I agree. I definitely miss Gendy in the animation. Yeah. It just it's it is surprising how big of a difference that can make. Like because, it wasn't a huge difference, but as you're watching, you could yeah. just you notice the small it just was like a small downgrade in animation mm-hmm. across the board. And I think that's what it is. Like in the third one, the scene where there's the big party, that mm-hmm. scene is so sparkly. It is so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and here there just wasn't anything that was as pretty as as anything in the third one. But but yeah, I mean, I, I gave this a positive review. I gave it fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I felt like it was... It was enjoyable. It's it was fun. fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it has a you know nice message. Overall, it was it was a I said in my review, I'm like, this is the kind of movie that you like fold laundry to. <laughs> 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 you know, you just enjoy it. It's not like great, but I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> overall, since this was your first, what did you think about it, uh, Colleen? I thought it was cute. I mean, like I said, I was interested enough without having a backstory. Uh, I felt like I, you know, I obviously would have been nice to have seen more than one mm-hmm. and had a, had, a, had a history, but I thought it was cute enough for yeah. an hour and a half. It wasn't, I don't feel like it was a waste of my time by any means. Yeah. Um, I found myself trying to listen to the character voices more because I don't watch enough animation. I don't, pay that close of attention and i learned something about like trying to hear people's voices and like oh my god i know that's andy samberg like i know that's selena gomez that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. i was thinking about that kind of um what was what i learned in that i cannot distinguish Catherine hahn's voice in her regular voice from anything like i wouldn't know her if, if she spoke normally you know what i mean if i didn't know yeah. that was her i wouldn't know it was her yeah. that kind of thing i didn't <laughs> but i enjoyed it yeah mm-hmm. enough yeah the summary fun. is when van helsing's mysterious invention the monster monsterification ray goes haywire drac and his monster pals are all transformed into humans and johnny becomes a monster in their new mismatched bodies drac stripped of his powers and an exuberant johnny loving life as a monster must team up and race across the globe to find a cure before it's too late and before they drive each other crazy. With help from Mavis and the hilariously human Drac Pack, the heat is on to find a way to switch themselves back before their transformations become permanent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well done, summary writer. Um, so it starts out with Mavis overhearing Drac uh, that he's going to be retiring and going to leave her the hotel. But he's worried about Johnny. And of course, when Johnny finds out, he comes up to Drac and he says, oh, I'm going to renovate. I'm going to change it all around. <laughs> and, uh, and then he so then Drac says that only monsters are allowed to own the hotel. And <clears throat> I think that uh, they they do a pretty good job of making Johnny both endearing and annoying. Would you agree, Larry? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I can <laughs> yeah. certainly understand. I mean, that's the thing with acceptance and this, and this one specifically is 
when you're handing over a hotel or something, the thing is, is whether you love them or not, or they're your family or not, sometimes people just aren't meant to <laughs> take a job. So yeah. <laughs> part of you is like, mm, I mean, <laughs> would he be good at running this hotel? Mavis, yes, I think she'd be fine doing well. But Johnny, um, but yeah, I think they do tell the the line well. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love his monster design, but yeah, um, that was that was the more meh part for me. It was like mm-hmm. this is a weird kind of monster design, but I wish they had given him something different. <laughs> well, it's such a weird sort of com- combination of different monsters. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been better because the monstrification ray for everybody else just turns them into kind of one thing instead of this mutant thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I think it would have been better if he had been just a dragon or just a monster instead of. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. But I kind of wonder what is Johnny doing? Like, he's not, cause he's not running the hotel. I guess he's taking care of the child. I, I don't know what he's doing. Child's just roaming around with that other little werewolf baby. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, Drac definitely fits that sort of overprotective dad that we see a lot in movies. I mean, it can be done well. It can be done not well. Uh, where... You have, I mean, we saw it in Mitchell's Machines, even just this year. But the thing, I guess, that makes it a little bit weird, I think, is that most dads that fit this kind of archetype usually are, they they usually want to have daughters that are married and have a child. You know, like at a certain point, you feel like you kind of have to let go uh, that overprotective parent vibe usually is just for you know dads that have teenagers i feel like yeah i mean i guess when you're immortal (laughs) who knows what the ground is i don't know (laughs) true that's true (laughs) yeah but i do like mavis and johnny i think they're cute as a couple yeah do you like them colleen Yes, they're cute. I could see where you were getting with him being a combination of annoying and endearing. He got a little annoying, but I also think he he comes from a good place. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, you know, evens it out a little bit. It was like a sweet innocence. It's It's almost kind of similar to like a Clark Griswold kind of that type of like innocent, Mm -hmm. um, type of character um so they find out about johnny finds out about the monster for monster why can i not say that word monsterification ray (laughs) Um, and they test out the giant guinea pig (laughs) i mean it starts out normal guinea pig and then it turns into a giant guinea pig (laughs) and the whole thing with this uh this ray is that it the the person who is transformed becomes more and more and more hostile as the as it goes along at least on the monster side i didn't really see that on the human side but on the monster side and so this this poor guinea pig Gigi 
<laughs> becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and uh the the uh the and more horrific as it goes along and uh so i found this is one of the things it's yes with that monster ray is if one side has a side effect i really think the other side should have had some sort of stakes to it as well but uh, you know um, cause this is a short film. I tweeted about it as I started. I was like, oh, this doesn't even clock in at an hour and a half. Yeah, um, true. So I, you know, to have stakes for Dracula too, of like something or, you know, and the other characters who were turned into humans. The other thing yeah. is it was human. Uh, but you know, you had to zap these other things like, you know, the, <laughs> the <laughs> guinea pig. Uh, so you zap it with human and it turns back into a guinea pig. Right. That's a good mm-hmm. point. I didn't even thought of that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thing with this Ray was like, <laughs> some of these things are not humans that we're zapping with the, because the dog, it happens to the dog as well. He gets accidentally zapped. Um, oh, and yeah. he turns into a little dog before they turn him back into the big pug thing. Uh, but that was my other like nitpicky gripe of like, wait, they're not humans though. But the, uh, yeah, that's true. But yeah, they could have them like maybe slowly they start to like crystallize or something. You know what I mean? Like they'd have something that's starting to happen that that would have actually given even more sort of stakes and weight mm-hmm. to finding the Ray. If like yeah. not only is Johnny turning into a real monster, um, but, uh, but, also something's happening to Drax on that side. Yeah. <laughs> but the best joke, I don't know if you'll agree. If Uh-oh. you do agree. But the best joke, in my opinion, was the blobby joke. The blobby turned into a jello salad. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that was <laughs> funny. I was laughing. <laughs> I mean yeah. I did think it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That was hilarious. And as I recall, Blobby is a highlight in almost all these movies. <laughs> I, I do love that they just put those little eyeballs on the, and it's pretty much the same character just going around with them. Like, you know, um, yeah. the little, the little <laughs> jello. I did also really like the guinea pig. I liked going back to <laughs> his thing, and it's like a war zone in there, like, and it's the guinea pig. And then coming back again, and the guinea pig is just like a Godzilla level like monster. <laughs> I also, like, I also thought that Invisible Man was pretty funny. Yes. Oh my gosh. And they're like, "You've been naked all that time," and he's like, "Yeah." Then you would see clothes if I was wearing clothes. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, that is so true." <laughs> I liked that the 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 mummy. It was like an old egyptian man too like when yeah, they, they turned him but yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and I, then i guess you have frankenstein being turned into like i don't know what that design was what they were going for it was they was like i don't know it reminded me of in um the wedding singer the the bad the wrong guy the bad guy in uh like just somebody Don who's Johnson just like clothing 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole movie. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Oh, you're right. It was like a wasn't that shirt like a peachy plaid kind of thing in the movie? This movie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this is their idea of a hunk, huh? Like so. a like a yeah like a beachy kind of vibe. Yeah, Sony, Sony animators. This is their idea of a hunky guy. Well, that was the thing is the other ones didn't have to necessarily keep their form, you know. Yeah. So I get that they wanted to make it still look like Frankenstein, but the other ones when they transformed, they didn't have to stay in the exact same form. Because it was, it was, it, his was one of the weird ones, because, like, his body was still shaped so straight <laughs> um, that you were like, okay. Uh, I mean, I did like the, you know, Franz character, Eunice, just being mm-hmm. like, ah, like, thinking he's hideous, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. That was good. And so they they have this pretty fun, I thought set piece with Drac trying to demonsterification, uh, Johnny and everything getting zipped on all around. And, uh, and then different people get hit and Drax ends up getting hit by them. Like that whole was, I thought that whole sequence was a pretty kind of classic in the spirit of your Looney Tunes, kind of a, a physical comedy animation scene I thought was pretty fun. Yeah, it's probably my favorite sequence of the whole Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. And uh, then they end up using all of the special crystal, the monsterification crystal. And, uh, and so then they have to go to a cave in South America and they don't tell Mavis that this is what's going on. And, you know, again, she's a married woman with a child. Like, I feel like <laughs> this, this this series does like to kind of infantize her character. And it's like, no, you should have trusted me. Well, it's like, I mean, and I understand that he's like, oh, shoot, I'm a liar or whatever. But your daughter and your girlfriend... um, seem to be the people who would be able to help you the most right yeah i mean particularly katherine hans like van helsing girl like seems pretty much perfectly equipped to go find this crystal (laughs) right like uh i don't know especially you don't have your powers drax you can't fly or anything um but yeah you know you can't dumb men can't have can't have them think these things through i guess darn men you think that after hundreds of years drags would have figured this out <laughs> uh, but yeah overall that was one question i had is how do we feel like they treat mavis um what do you think uh colleen about that i agree with you guys it's like she's an adult grown woman i mean she's a mother i i he, yeah. overprotective is a is a good way to put and just maybe scared um but yeah not giving her the opportunity and, and not filling her in on everything was kind of crazy yeah so then we have the road trip in, through the jungle and uh it there were some funny bits about uh you know drax getting <laughs> just 
pummeled by mosquitoes and, and, you know, all kinds of uh, travails in the jungle. And, and then you have Johnny becoming more and more and more hostile. And then when he finds out that Drax lied about the hotel, he becomes really angry. And uh, that, I don't know, I thought that was done pretty well. And I think Andy Samberg did a good job with his vocal performance in this one. And... Uh, and that whole scene in the um, in the cave was pretty intense as far as they're like fighting back and forth. Okay, I have a question. When they got yeah. into that cave, did anyone else just think, oh, it's a full cave of that crystal? <laughs> like I thought, oh, you just, you know, take a piece off of the crystal. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of thought that. I was wondering. I don't know. No, you're not I the was, only one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think it's kind of a weird choice to have the cave be of crystal because I legit was like, "Oh, look, it's a whole cave full of the crystal," and I thought maybe it would start to like crumble or something once you took a piece off, or you know, yeah. and that's why it was inescapable. But no, it was just like a, a maze, and you had to find the very specific glowing red crystal. Uh, but I, I don't know. I thought having it in that crystal room, I was like, "Oh." So, okay. Yeah. Uh, never mind. There's crystals hiding the crystal. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. It kind of reminded me of in Aladdin, the cave. Oh, the cave of yeah. wonder. Cave of wonder. And then uh, we have uh, Drax finally apologizing, and he really should apologize to Mavis as well. Worth <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but he finally apologizes and we get Johnny back and uh, and then we find out that after all of this, the hotel's destroyed by Gigi the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> Gigi the guinea pig. <laughs> yes. And so you actually need Johnny's skills to rebuild and renovate the uh, hotel after all. I think what you just said is also important. That's the other thing is Cramming this story into that short runtime, the the whole wrap up of it. I mean, it was cute enough with him and Johnny, but as you said, I mean, they just don't address him and Mavis at all. Like she no. just, I guess, I don't know. We're supposed to assume she's cool because he made up with Johnny and was nice to Johnny, but uh, I don't know. I've there definitely needed to be a discussion between those two characters, and there just wasn't. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, all of our female characters are kind of sideline. Like even the Catherine Han, you know, Helsing character, she just is literally there as like the supportive guidance girlfriend wife trope of like is just here to be like, oh, you know, oh, why'd you do that type of character? Right. And she has her fun moments, but. You know, in in device to the to the plot line, the women are all kind of put into that's true. That's a good point. Stereotypy roles here. That's very true. I yes. mean, because you have uh, Molly Shannon as one of the uh, werewolf, the yeah. but she doesn't go under any transformation. Yeah, um, she just is only- the mom. She's just, she just a mom. And she's just saddled with taking care of the kids. Um, and then none of the female characters are turned into humans. No. 
yeah. which is weird. So none of them have the consequence there either. Um, they're all just there to kind of clean up the mess mm-hmm. uh, or come along for that. So, I mean, I guess that's a, a little bit disappointing too, is that it was just, the, the women are kind of just there um, yeah. and not really given much development or given anything. Which, really. I mean, Sony Animation has been doing a really good job with that. So, I mean, if you think about, you know, Katie in Mitchell's Roots Machines, you have uh, Gabby in Vivo, you have... <laughs> uh, I can't remember there was a female character in Wish Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Wish Dragon was on the animation for a minute. Um, yes, Wish Dragon. <laughs> but they've been doing a pretty good job recently with their female characters. So maybe the next movie, you need to make it Mavis's movie. This movie should, should have probably been Mavis's movie. Yeah, I feel like at a point you have to get there, especially if Adam Sandler is kind of done playing the mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it feels like uh, I guess that's another thing with this film. With him kind of leaving, you got a great voice actor, so obviously you keep Drax in the film. Mm-hmm. But it felt like this is a good time to transition the story to Mavis, and uh, you know, instead yeah. we double down on the whole Drax and Johnny thing because that's been another. Like what is the thing? Is that conflict has been going on for all of the films with Drax? Like what if Mavis wanted to start her own hotel? Yeah, and then it ended up like competing with Drax in his (laughs) hotel. That would be funny. Yeah, you know, and that would be. And if you wanted to do it, I mean, I guess he could. Like that speech he gives to just see. That's that's the thing. He gives that speech to Johnny about why the hotel is important and what it means. But we don't get that speech moment with him and Mavis, you know, like that, Mm -hmm. that speech was meant for her because it's directly tied to her um, rather and you know, rather than just Johnny. So I don't know, getting that type of moment, and you can have your kind of, dare I say, hallmarky ending, if you like, <laughs> of like, she goes to create her own hotel and and he he shows her the importance of it to them and their family and why he did it. And so she kind of learns uh, or gets the sentimental value of, of the hotel or something, you know, yeah. but yeah. Sony Animation, we're available. Call us for Hotel <laughs> Transylvania 5. We're ready to work on the script <laughs> ASAP, Sony. And we will have a much bigger part for Eunice. <laughs> yes. For sure. Because come on, Fran, I'm surprised, honestly, Fran Drusher hasn't had more voice work. I agree. Over her right. career. I mean, she's the voice, you know, like. Yeah, that's, so that's unique, you know, right away. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a, it's a very unique voice, so it wouldn't fit. A lot Everything. of characters, but yeah. you'd think it she'd have more than she does because I I think uh well in general I feel like Fran is pretty selective about the work that she does, but um uh but I yeah I agree I could see her voice fitting in with a lot of series and a lot of uh a lot of movies and so 
you know, hopefully she gets more and like we would definitely have more Eunice because I like the design of the character. I think it, mm-hmm. it has a little bit of Fran in the character with the big hair and everything. <laughs> and the little outfit, the like, skirt mm-hmm. and everything. Which is very fun. leggy, very leggy skirt going on with the character. For yeah, sure. that's true. <laughs> but it is like a, when you look at the supporting um, female voices, I mean, it is like a powerhouses of female comedians with Fran and Molly Shannon. We have Catherine Hahn, um, yeah. you know, other than Selena Gomez, obviously, but I don't think that character calls for like a big comedic voice. Right, I actually think yeah. Selena Gomez fits the voice of Mavis really well. Um, but yeah, it's like great comedians on that side. And then you have Adam Sandler's besties uh, on mm-hmm. the other side. Because <laughs> he can't do a, a comedy film without bringing along his crew. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah David Spade and yeah. uh, Kevin James. Have, uh, Keegan Michael Key, who I feel like is in every single animated film these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say, so. just to add, I mean, I started watching Only Murders in the Building. Have you guys watched it? It's so good. You, you did, Yeah, it's yeah, really it, good. And I'm thinking, oh really my good. gosh, I know this was done like I learned, a while ago, uh-huh. this one, but I'm like, Selena Gomez is kind of the it girl right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. And she can hold her own with two established mm-hmm. men, comedians, legends. Yeah, it's uh, such a good show, Larry. You, I think oh. I can't imagine anybody not liking it's it. It's really good, really so funny. Correct. It's clever. It's it's well. It's surprising. It's it's so good. Yeah, yeah I think um, I think when she's given a, a good role, I I do think Selena Gomez, you mm-hmm. know, is particularly for her singing, uh, gets gets kind of ragged yeah. on uh, right. a lot. And, you know, we know her mental health problems and her anxiety problems. She's actually taking a break, at least her music. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounded indefinite in her little thing. Uh, We'll see. But there there is something for Selena Gomez here. And I think if you just Mm -hmm. get her on the right stuff, because like I said, I think she's a great voice for Mavis. I think she does a really good job in these films. Um, So hopefully, hopefully she can find find her way at least on the acting side of things because i do think there's something there with her yeah she got it <laughs> she's on the way <laughs> that yeah. show's really good yeah so far yeah Not dumb, but... and i feel like this show actually i think they had a hotel transylvania like series tv show now that i'm thinking about oh, it on really? netflix pretty sure oh, they did? Well, um <laughs> I never, funny, obviously netflix, i didn't watch it then netflix is not the one who got the film um yeah, Hotel Transylvania, the series in 2D. Um, it was, yeah, on Netflix. Oh. I never saw it. <laughs> nope. So if you've seen it, if you're listening, let us know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, I guess we should give our overall 1 to 10. What did you think? What would you give Hotel Transylvania, Transformania? Holder Transylvania 4. <laughs> Larry, what would you give it? Yeah, I think I'm hovering right around like maybe a 6, 6.5. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not overly enthused about this entry, but I still had a good enough time with it. So, yeah. like you said, a good <laughs> a good film to put on that I didn't have to pay like uber attention to to get all the details. Um, mm-hmm. And 
it's not you know boss baby so we're okay still like it's not doing some of the (laughs) the worst of dreamworks is worse than this series by a mile so no question i i completely agree and it wasn't like similar in themes i think it was was that adam's family movie but that was just so boring it was so boring and it wasn't funny than the first to me but definitely better than that sequel like oh my gosh oh yeah it just it didn't have any laughs and it just it was dull and this is me and rachel were like two (laughs) of the only people i know that were like defenders of that first adam's family exactly like for both of us to walk out of this sequel just being like oh like making our worst of the year list is so disappointing yeah agreed (laughs) yeah it's like you you stand up for something you want them to like take it and make it better because it wasn't like it was perfect but it had was there like there was so much potential and then they just it's like they prove everybody that didn't like it right <laughs> yeah so me and rachel are running the hideaway oh, now yeah. <laughs> but what would you give it uh colleen one to ten so i was thinking seven but mm-hmm. i didn't even bring this up um the part when they were in the bus singing wake me up before you go go in oh. spanish just made it it was funny to me because that i'm was like funny. oh you pulled that song out of nowhere yeah. I'm going to go with 7.5. And that just bumped it up a tiny bit. Because that's just one of my favorite oldie 80s songs. That was a, that was a very funny joke. <laughs> um, I gave it a 6 out of 10 in my review. Uh, and that was fresh for me. Anything over 5 for me is is the way I do my ratings is uh, fresh. Uh, and um, so, yeah. But for me, Blobby is a star. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I laughed really hard at that. I thought that was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Justice for Blobby. Um, So let us know what you think of these movies, of this recent one, of Fran's character in it, and, and what you would do for Hotel Transylvania 5, Mavis's triumph <laughs> mavis's new adventure great adventure <laughs> uh, let us know in the comments <laughs> or on twitter and uh, you can follow us at frankcast 14 on twitter we would love to hear your thoughts and of course we have all of our thoughts on every single episode of the nanny so please check that out and uh, larry where can people find you yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at ChiliBoyYT or on Instagram and YouTube at ChiliBoyProductions. And Colleen? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lele, L-E-L-E, 44094. And the FranCast, I mean, yeah, I haven't posted there from forever. It's, our FranCast Instagram is FranCast14. No, it's not. It's FranCast1993. <laughs> See, we need to meet more guys. <laughs> and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media. And on uh and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media. And uh you can find me on Ron Tomatoes as well. Would love for you to check that out. And uh yeah, thanks so much, everybody. Uh this was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.